This week on Rain on Your Parade, we ask the important question, should SNL be canceled? Yes, but not till Sydney Sweeney goes on. Welcome back, everybody, to Rain on Your Parade with J.L. Covan. I'm J.L. Covan here, as always, with producer Mike. Hello, Mike. Hi, everybody. How you doing? Oh, look at that. Look at that. JL man. just told me to break when we were in between recordings. Actually, I said break yourself. And I'm yourself. very upset. I said break yourself, fool. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, there's, it's a tense time in Slickback Studios, but as you can see, new shirt. It's true. You're keeping the promise. Promises made, promises kept. And this one's a sleepy, this is my dark Brandon shirt. Dark Brandon, like because they that's do the, what's, the logo. That's Let's the go logo. Brandon. Like when they called him Let's Go Brandon, they kind of embraced it for merch. Yeah. So whenever he passes, like a good, like a piece of legislation or has something good happen, like supporters will flash this one. It's kind of, it's kind of, a, it's obviously not his idea, right? But it's, uh, I liked it, and I, you know, for a donation, I said, yeah, I got this, and I got a mug. I got a Dark Brandon mug. Oh, that's actually like Biden merch. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Oh. That's kind of clever. Right. Exactly. God, politics really is just fucking, just, you might as well just have a Patreon page. Come on, man. We're making content. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Vote for me. Join my Patreon. Sign up for my email newsletter, brother. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm not kidding. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, uh, last week's was an interesting episode. Yeah. Um, we laughed. Uh, we cried at the nonsensical smorgasbord that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week is going to be focused. This week's going to be super focused. I don't even know if we need any banter. Do you have anything? You have anything you want to share with the people before uh, before I take over? I don't think so. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, as of this recording, let's hope I got my Bruce Springsteen ticket. I hope you did, because good lord, if you didn't, you're going to see Foreigner, and that would suck. Yeah. Urgent. Emergency. But let me ask you a question. Yeah. When I go to Vegas, I'll be in Vegas in a month, everybody. March 23rd, live making podcast gradient, live show. Um, and if you, you join my Patreon, et cetera, et cetera. I'm running for office. Join my Patreon. Um, and can I say one other thing before yeah. I get into this time? Also, um, if you haven't left a review, please do so. Leave a nice review. Leave a five-star review. And do it like... We, the more that do it in a short amount of time, it juices the the algorithm, which is really yeah. all we care about anymore. Not good content, not artistry. It's putting that algorithm in your mouth, cupping the algorithm's balls and saying, yes, please. And swallowing. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Well, I would. Well, then that's why I'll remain in like, you know, the 50s instead of top 10. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I want my listeners to be comfortable with how they handle the algorithm and their choice. Yeah. I don't want to be Robert Davi in Showgirls. <laughs> what, a, what a deep pull. <laughs> let's, do, let's play a game on this show and see how outlandish and, <laughs> and, and unrelatable the references can be. I'll, I'm going to have one by the end of the episode. Well, I mean, <laughs> you our, see. our aces in the hole are Godfather 3, which is not super obscure. No. Hamlet 2 is my fastball. Hamlet 2 is quite obscure. Yeah. <laughs> Dana Mars. <laughs> Um, but I was going to say, but who do you think if I'm in Vegas, because obviously the, the law in Vegas is what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. And Laura will be arriving in Vegas on the 24th, which gives me the 22nd and 23rd uh, to embrace Vegas culture. Yeah. 
um, when in Rome. Right. But where do you think I'd be happier? The Bruce concert or the Foreigner concert if, if I'm into trashy 50-year-olds? That is a really good question. That's why I brought it up. That uh, we ask the hard questions on Rain on Your Parade. Because here's the thing. I, I'll say foreigner. Yes. But if you were in Jersey, it would be Springsteen. Well, sure. Because but but that's the thing. In Vegas, the foreigner show is in in a casino. Yeah. So you're, people are going to be dressed for the casino. Like, look at me. I love Thorn. I love that song. Yeah. Whereas Bruce, it's going to be like, I just got off my shift and spent no. my kids tuition on this ticket. I think that the Bruce audience is going to be, is more like people with money. That's like true. more like uh, people that like consider themselves like people with taste. Nobody with uh, taste is going to see Foreigner. <laughs> Anywhere. In any part of the country. Uh, feels like the first time. How dare you? All right. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be Bruce. Um if I if but if I can find the specific ticket, because as we said off mic, it's like getting a ticket to Bruce Springsteen and being like the middle of a row with no leg room, it will it will hinder my enjoyment of the show, regardless of how amazing it is. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I want to be physically comfortable. Um, but I guess I don't think we, we, there's, I think we can just probably jump into the main, my main topic for tonight, Let's which is, it. which is comedy related, Mike. I know you, you don't normally like that, but I think this is going to, it's a juicy one. Today. This is going to get you interested. Yeah. Um, SNL. Talk about it. Some people call it Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to cancel it. I agree. Yeah. That's it, everybody. That's the episode. <laughs> We've come to a consensus. I think there is so much wrong with that show. Um, it reminds me, honestly, you know, now I know Vince McMahon is in a little bit of legal trouble these mm -hmm. days because apparently um, shitting on a woman with her consent, totally empowering. I mean, you, we would agree, right? Like a completely yeah. Just completely empowering experience. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, goggles, no goggles, doesn't matter. Take the shit. You asked for it. Great. Yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, step aside. We have a new leader in the women's movement. Yes. But without consent, awful. Yeah. And that's what he was doing. Ain't good. He was passing, he was, he was apparently Vince McMahon, um, wrestling legend. And for my money, the only person who could have taken the Republican nomination away from Trump and even more so now with hardcore, like Stormy Daniels payments, please. I shit on a chick without her consent. Oh my, Trump is now second in the GOP polls because <laughs> Vince McMahon, there's a new richer more awful, charismatic scumbag throwing his mustache and depends in the ring, and it's Vince McMahon. I mean, he might want to run just to avoid prosecution, you know, yeah. at this point. <laughs> the way things are going. Oh, man. Can you imagine if it... I mean, I hate to say this, and, and you know, to the woman who was having an affair with Vince McMahon and it, it took a left turn at the toilet, um, you have the sympathies... Of the rain on your parade, I think the yeah. entire rain on your parade community. Yeah, but Vince McMahon running for president, awesome. Yeah, it would like be. right so now, awesome. like if he just announced, 
I'm running for president, Trump. (laughs) (laughs) I see the way the country is going. And I see that people are dissatisfied with both sides. So I'm coming for your job, Trump. <laughs> oh, what a promo. <laughs> My <laughs> God, it's Vince McMahon. And then Trump's like, oh, it's, it's Vince's music. Oh, my God. Out of the tunnel. Here he comes. It's the boss. Oh, my God. He just hit Nikki Haley with a steel chair <laughs> and shit on her. <laughs> I genuinely believe Vince McMahon is, is one of the only men alive who could have taken the GOP from Trump yeah. in 2024. I mean, he's just... He's he's better. He's like a better Trump yeah. in many ways. Yeah, yeah. Bigger, stronger, probably richer if you get down to like actual finances. Yeah, yeah. And TV charisma has a legion of fans who yeah. would support him. I, I mean, I don't I don't want to cast uh, too much of a judgment, but I'm guessing there's a strong overlap of men who like wrestling and Trump, and he yeah. would cut into that hardcore. Um. But like I said, all due respect and sympathies to the to the woman um, who is being apparently sex trafficked. You know who doesn't like Trump? I would assume though, most of the people watching SNL. Wow, guys, Jack Antonoff, producer of the year. No, <laughs> Mike Coscarelli, producer of the year. Um, yes, uh, SNL. I don't know how we got onto that. Me either. Yeah. Um, and now it's going to eat at me that there was a tenuous tie in that I've now forgotten. So it feels like a completely loose, but whatever it was, it feels like back on SNL. It feels like a loose stool <laughs> to use a Vince McMahon analogy, but SNL WWF. That's what I brought when they were WWF yeah. in the nineties, when they were their best, the rock stone cold, the storylines were like seedy, but in a married with children kind of vibe. It's the attitude era. Yes. Yeah. Incredible. Incre- they were beating Monday night football for the 18 to 34 male demo in the late nineties. That is impressive. Yes. But one of the reasons was because they had a viable competitor, WCW. Mm-hmm. who had taken some of the older WWF at the time stars and some new people, namely Goldberg. Goldberg, yeah. Who was just a force of nature. Yeah. That's kind of how they marketed him. He was just traps yes. and snarls. Yeah, he was humongous. The strength, the the violence he yeah. executed with in the ring and apparently was not a fun guy to wrestle with because I guess maybe he wasn't as technically sound as somebody who can lift a 500-pound man over his head should be. Yeah, he was just like an ex-football player. They were just like, this guy's Ooh. humongous throwman, you know? Yes. And I think WCW, do they have all they have also, they had Sting, too? They had right? Sting. They had Razor Ramon, who was then Scott Hall. Yeah. They had Hulk Hogan, obviously. Goldust? No, that was WWE. Okay. F at the time. Right. But yeah, so the point is, the reason I brought that up, but gave us our beautiful banter about Vince McMahon and yeah. his fecal habits. Uh SNL has not had a competitor in I don't know how long. Mad TV has been off the air for a long time. And it kind of sucked. But it was something. Yeah. It did kind of suck. But it also had, there were people filling out that roster with talent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they kind of delivered, the product may have not been what I really liked, but they delivered what SNL used to be. 
impressions, sketches, characters. Yeah, yeah. You had a lot of characters built. You had many characters built around. They weren't as good as what SNL could sometimes produce. But I just think having 11 seasons or whatever of Mad TV was enough to just keep you honest. Right. That there was an alternative. And SNL has gone through phases. I think the Jim Brewer era, despite his comedic genius, when Goat Boy was on the air for those like that Jay Moore, Jim Brewer era of like yeah. two seasons, very low point yeah. in SNL. But they have never been lower than this. No. Um, it's horrible. It is. Uh, it's been bad for many years now. Um, and I think it's I do think it's partly like a post Trump thing. I think there's like uh, I don't know that they know exactly what to do anymore. Because the SNL bread and butter for a long time was like there was always someone on SNL playing the president. And that was like the best version of that impression, mm -hmm. you know. And we in this room know that that ain't true. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you who does Trump or Biden on SNL now. But like there was a time where it was like Dana Carvey doing. Well, if you Bush. read if you read my murder journals, you would know. <laughs> the manifesto. <laughs> But I, they just, uh, to me, they are, for the first time I can remember, they're so far away from the zeitgeist uh, in a way that they used to be, SNL used to be the marker of the zeitgeist. Yes. It used to be the thing where it was like, if it was done on SNL, it was culturally relevant. Um, and they are just so far from it now. And part, maybe some of it has to do with the fact that you only get it once a week and it's not happening in real time the way everything else Seems sure. to be able to be given to people in real time, but they but got a, a big problem, dude. You have a right. You have a writers' room of however many writers. I think. I think it is a colossal sort of disaster from top to bottom at this point. And I think we should take a quick break because I'm going to go. Okay, I'm, I'm naming names. Okay, I'm calling people out. So more SNL shit talking on the way. Vince McMahon would be proud of the <laughs> shit we're about to talk okay. after this. Good. Nice. Good. Great. Good, right? Yeah. That's it's like good. 20 minutes in. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Um, yeah. Cause I want like, it is, let's just we'll fucking get yeah, it. Yeah. Just go in. We're back. And we're back from break. Mike, how was that break? Very exciting. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we honor the tease. I can't wait to hear what you've got to say about SNL. Yes. Now, there, I'm not even going to lie. There were a couple episodes this year that I thought were actually decent. I mm -hmm. don't quite remember them. I think maybe Pedro Pascal's episode was was decent. Um, but so many episodes have been atrocious. And I say that not in hate JL's a hater. I'm talking about as a fan of comedy, right. as somebody who can admit when an episode's good, even if I've seen five bad episodes in a row. This week was an episode where I was like, I think I just have to stop watching. Yeah. Even as somebody who enjoys dissecting, commenting, exploring comedy for a variety of reasons, it, 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 it is, first of all, structurally, before we get to like individual issues, structurally, lazy writing. Yeah. The writing, there were, I, I literally, I sat there with my nephew, my, Laura and my nephew were both watching with me. We watched it on, on tape on, on Sunday afternoon and my nephew, he, his humor is, you know, Robert Downey Jr. And Thor in, in, in Avengers movies, which they are funny. Yeah. Say your line. I know you want to <laughs> say it. We're sort of an earth's mightiest heroes type thing. Thank you. 
And I get it because that is witty. It's not that those aren't funny, but I'm always trying to get him to watch like comedy comedies. And half the time he'll go, that was weird. Yeah, yeah. But he did enjoy The Waterboy and Happy Gilmore, like the kind of sports comedy where yeah. it's it's relatable, but it's like he's really he really laughed at both of those. Right. He just kind of looked bewildered watching SNL, and I here's when I knew we had crossed a, a, a place of no return. I felt embarrassed, and I I don't mean to do this. Aren't you embarrassed? <laughs> I felt embarrassed sitting there with my nephew watching this because I felt like he was looking at me like, my uncle's so funny. Yeah. This is, why are we watching this? Yeah. And I wasn't laughing. It's not like he was looking at me laughing going, what? Right. But it was more like, why are we watching this? Right. Yeah. It's funny that you bring up the, and, uh, the and nephew he's 16, thing. I'm 44. Now there is a generation in the middle but the real thing, structurally, as we're doing macro issues first, the writing is incredibly lazy. They they start every episode now with a game show sketch. Yeah. And they did two game show sketches in this one episode. Right. The, the big question, even bigger than lazy writing, is who is this for? Right. Who is this show for? They will make so many, like, late 90s, early 2000s musical references where in my head I'm going, oh, I thought I was missing the show because it wasn't for me. I'm now like an older, an elder statesman and I don't get what the young people are. And that's like, oh, good, good bit centered around Genuine's pony. Yeah. That's what the teens are into right now. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like a show for no one now. Yeah. Seinfeld was about a show about no one. Right. About but nothing. nothing. Yeah. This is a show for nothing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, yeah. And so you get from the biggest, the biggest critique I would have is, who is this for? Yeah. Who is this for? Um, I remember a couple of years ago thinking they had people that I genuinely, I still think there's talent on the cast. I think the writer's room is not serving the talent well. Like Cecily Strong, to me, is somebody who should be so higher. She left the show last year. She's somebody who should be so higher up on the echelon of she's a, she sings, she does great impressions, but they turned everything you, if you have a point, because I, I feel like I could talk for like a half hour straight on every issue with this. That's different and worse. This is not a question of, well, they're doing things differently. No, no. Everything that's different than the way it used to be is worse. Characters used to have a lot of characters. And I know you brought this up weeks ago about but some kids think that's corny. What kids are watching this? I No, I agree with you. So it's like, it, it's, I still think it's like when I look on Facebook with all the old people, it's all people like my peers who still kind of tune in to see what's up. But almost a nostalgia factor of, yeah. it was so relevant for so long that I can't break the habit. Here I am disappointed again in an episode for no one. Yeah. Um, the last, the greatest episode of the last 10 years was the Tom Hanks episode. And I felt like they got their asses up because it was like, Tom Hanks, he's hosted 10 times. He's great at this. He could have been a comedic genius if he didn't become right. an acting great. And they crushed that episode. They gave you David S. Pumpkins. new. They gave you the weird new character, but it worked. Right. They used to have several of those a season. Now you got one in the last decade. Yeah. They didn't rely on desk sets to introduce characters. They allowed sketches to bring characters to life. Um, Black Jeopardy. 
is is I mean, and then when Chappelle hosted, that was also a very that when Chappelle hosted in 2016, that was the other episode that I would say is like the second best episode in the last. That decade. was great, like, but that was when Chappelle was having his like a return. Yeah. He had been like out in the wilderness for right. 20 years or whatever, and then he came back, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, the the king is back. Yeah, you know, and, and he, I got that's some the thing things too. to say about trans people. JL, you want to talk about competition? Forget Mad TV. What about Chappelle's show? Yeah. I mean, you had other sketch outlets that existed. You had Mr. Show, which was great in its heyday. You had the kids in the hall. Not necessarily my favorite, but people liked it. Like they had they had a thing going on. In living like, color. In living color. Oh, oh, especially the in living Sandy color. The Sandy Koufax Bro, of sketch comedy. It, like yeah, five if you seasons, go back and watch them living color heat. now, it's wild how much better it is than what they could. But And even just like you said, structurally, like. It's a sketch show. It's like a real sketch show. Characters, yes. pop culture, current events, yes. irreverent. And it was just like a cast of like, I don't know, it was like seven people that were just like murderers. In Living they Color. They were all so good. What I have said, here's what I will say. When you look back, there are seasons where I would say you can always tell how good a sketch show is. Look at their sixth man. Dude, the sixth man was probably Jim Carrey. No, 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 no. No? no you don't think he, so? I'm going to give you right now. Okay. You have Keenan Ivory Wayans as kind of the Quincy Jones of the operation. Yes. More, even though he did characters and stuff, more the more the genius behind it yes. than like Damon Wayans, Jim Carrey. Um, and then all of a sudden you're like, the women The women didn't have the breakout careers after, but Kelly Caulfield, the, mm-hmm. the, white, the white curly-haired woman, she was great. And then you go Tommy Davidson at his peak. David, David Allen Greer. Yeah, David Allen Greer. David Allen Greer is a beast. Yeah. Then they Tommy throw Davidson in too, man. Tommy Davidson yes. is very funky underrated. finger productions. Like yeah. notice, I can throw out all the characters, and then Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey was basically Eminem, right? On that show, like right. in other words, even though it was he was not doing anything culturally black, right? But he was like their SNL rejected him. Yes, I think. If you want to talk about the curse of the Bambino in right. baseball, right. The curse of Carrey. Yeah, you cut. One of the two best sketch comedy actors of my lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Jim Carrey. Yeah. You. This is not a marginal guy. This yeah. is not somebody on the margins that you cut. Yeah. This isn't a titan. Yeah. <laughs> and, but you look and I look at different seasons of SNL. Now in the 90s, oh man, you got Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, Chris Farley. All those, Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman. Ugh. This David Spade, yeah. like David Spade is like your fucking water boy. Yeah. And he's killing it in yep. his role. Yeah. Norm. I, I mean, we, there is there are so many fucking people doing comedy now and content. Yeah. Hey, SNL, why don't you fucking go find them? Because here's the thing, JL, those those places where those people were don't exist anymore. UCB's done. UCB is so gone. Wait, are you saying my Groundlings, they've been taking money out of my account for a decade. Groundlings, no, I guess. I'm kidding. Still exi- I'm kidding. No, but like, I guess the Groundlings are still there. But like, there's just this, this, this. I loved when I was still doing stand up. I was, I was involved with some UCB stuff and I like more on the sketch side. Um, uh, I never made it like deep enough into like a mod team or anything like that. I kind of like UCB was on the fringe of kind of like going out of business by the time I got there. But I would love going to some of those mod nights and seeing these sketches that were just like outrageously funny. And that was the pipeline for a long time. Right. They were picking a lot of people up out of there and, you know, in LA, the groundlings and obviously second city, but there is just not the appetite for this stuff that there was 
in the 90s and in the early 2000s. But this is why, this is why if SNL had a competitor, like if I had funding, if I had real money, I'd be like, I'm going to some channel and saying, I'm going to do some serious legwork. I'm going to find some great sketch people. I'm going to do the thing. SNL doesn't have to. They're un, they are they are without a competitor a competitor. They own eleven. You either go to sleep, go out, or watch SNL. There yeah. is no competitor. So why do they have to be like we should really like invest? And in, they added one woman this year, right. and it felt like they were trying to replace Cecily Strong. She right. kind of looks like a paler version of her. She sings a lot in her sketches. Nothing against her, but like Cecily Strong never got the shine she deserved. Yeah, and never got the opportunity. And and so okay, so broadly, who the fuck is the show for anybody anymore? My nephew didn't get it. I didn't get it. Right. The writing. We used to develop characters. Now they're just desk desk characters. Every sketch is now a, a, a cut and paste. Yeah. You can you can, it's like clockwork. Yeah. You know, and it shows that the video sketches, while not always great, are are usually much better. Well, then do a sketch. Do it. Do a Chappelle show. Tape your sketches. Right. If you can't, if you can no longer because. When you had the talent and the writing, the live sketches were great. And when you get up twice a year for a killer guest host, the sketches are great. Right. Now, my question is, where is that? Where are the big swings every week? Where are the swings? There's, it's, you gave me two game show sketches this week. That's like where I lost my mind because I was like, oh, my God, you have, you have one of the most elite comedy platforms in existence. And, of course, this is the bitter, never gotten audition comedian speaking, but it's like, Hey, if I can watch something go, God, that was great. Yeah. At least I, I can say, oh, I wish I wish I was on SNL. Now I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Do I? I mean, of course, for the opportunity exposure, of course, but not the same way. Not the same way it was like, God, I wish I could be part of that. Part of that? Yeah. I know, man. I'm with you. And it was a dream at one point for me, too. I've, it just, I think the generations that we're from, it's just like it's hard to not be involved in comedy and like want to be a part of that. But now I don't know, like I have some peers that are on it or in that writer's room and I like them very much, but I just think that the show overall is like unsavable and it's hard to tell how much of it is there. I mean, I don't think a lot of it's their fault, but it's hard to tell how much of it is the fault of the show itself and how much of it is just the change in the culture. And it's just like, you know, it would be like trying to have like the Lawrence Wilk show on TV now or something. It just like doesn't connect to if they're not making it for people like us and they're not right. Like it, it, our age demos are clearly not who they're doing this for. Anymore. You are 34. Yeah. 34, 44, and 16, all striking out with. So is there like some mythical 27-year-old that they're like, that's that's it? I, I personally, my own personal sample size, and granted, we are both involved in comedy, but I don't know anybody that's like, I got to watch SNL every week. And I, honestly, up up through college, I did. I, I, I might not have watched it at 1130 on Saturday. Even, by the way, we didn't even mention Adam Sandler from that 90. Like, like oh, that's dude, how for, deep. There's forget. There's so many people that we have not even mentioned off of that up through the up through like the Tina Fey era. Yeah, it's like like dude, just I hate Will Ferrell now. I think he's the the worst. But on SNL, he was unbelievable. 
He was Sherry, one of the best ever. Sherry O'Terry is like Molly Shannon. These, uh, you know, like, but they're I would even all say, great. I would even say as much as I thought, I think when the show really started to tank was when they would like the Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, like leaning on them like an absurd amount. Yeah, I would, don't get the Kate McKinnon thing. I think frankly. Kate McKinnon, if they were judicious in using her, she had plenty of really good sketches. And she and and to her credit, she at least resembled an old time you know, where there were a lot of characters. Like they, yeah. she's like one of the last people they had that was like could have fit in in the '90s in terms of like yeah, sometimes you do an impression, but they they used her like a lottery team leans on their best player. It's like we're not actually winning anything with this, right. but like you at least. You'll have a movie career. You were a sixth man or an eighth man and a good contributor in 1998, but now you're 25 points a game on a lottery team. Yeah. Um, Bill Hader, to me, is the last great SNL person who was used properly. Yeah. Uh, Great impressions, really good characters, and the sketch that I always think of with him is the puppet one. Do you remember the puppet one where he's like playing like he's playing like a Vietnam or a a, a vet? His puppet in the class is like him. But you you know what the thing is, too, man? I I, knowing Hater, like not not personally, but like knowing him after his SNL life, he's a really dark dude. Like Barry's his baby. Barry's like a really dark show. He's worked at the South Park guys. What's up, Barry? <laughs> yeah, dude, he's he's like a dark guy, and I think that a lot of the people that had gone through SNL at a like up to that point were had like a real darkness to them, and I don't think that that is. Can you say that about the cast now? That there's like a kind of like a. I mean, Pete Davidson is the closest thing to like dangerous that you've got, and he's a little kid. Right, his like public persona is you know he's doing the pizza rolls commercials good for him i guess but like you know like you said there is there's something lost here yes where like the 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 great casts of snl in my opinion were all pretty adult like phil hartman was is maybe my favorite snl guy just like the stuff they had him do the caveman uh lawyer like there's just there's things that i can look back on with him he that he was just so good at and so good on and he was also a very good straight like he could he could great be straight a straight guy. guy in a sketch and it and it, and it was great he was so good man love he was it so good I mean, like these guys were all so good at this. But that's my and point: is in a world where we are still creating tons of, you know, let me be. I'm going to tell you right now. Here's what I would do if I was a fucking hedge fund guy yeah. or a private equity guy. Bo Burnham, blank check. Let's crush SNL right now. Let's get on CBS or Fox or on a premium cable channel. Let's destroy. Like you are, you are respected by the youth. Yeah. You're respected by old fucking pieces of shit like J.L. Covan. <laughs> You're a genius. It's you. You are someone who could be an anchor, a producer, a head. Like, would you be? And he might say, no, I don't want to be blocked down into like one. Pro-. He might say that. But that's that's who I would want to give a blank check to and be like, we can. You're not an impersonator, but you're a comedic genius. Right. I would love you to be the head writer and 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 permanent host. Can we call it the Bo Burnham show? Right. Let's call it the Bo Burnham show. And we go right for, and maybe he'd be like, I have friends who write for them. I don't want to go after him. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Bo. Yeah. 
Well, Let me be your Larry David. But the closest <laughs> thing, JL, is um, uh, Tim. I'm for, I'm blanking on the last name, but thank you for uh, oh, thank you for leaving. Who got kicked off of SNL or yeah, left yeah. after like one season? Yeah, uh, Tim. His, his show's funny. It's. I think it's really funny. A lot of people but, I know think it's funny, but and you I, only get one season. You get like six episodes yeah. at a time, and you don't get another one for you know like a year or whatever. It's right. not quite a competitor to SNL. No. And it's, and, but there, there's another example. Like, and he's, he's doing the, the offbeat. He's right. taking the offbeat path. Yeah. Um, I watched the first season and I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I got, what but I at liked. least it's common. Yes. Like yes. at least you watch it and you go like there, I understand like, yeah, it, it is offbeat and it's weird and he's a fucking weird guy. But like, there's some sketches I watched where I was like, all right, I'm laughing at this. Right. I'm laughing hard at this. He's a fucking dope. This guy. Yeah. And he's kind of like willing to do that where I, I don't know, man, SNL is just the only, so I had heard rumors which are meaningless, like essentially, but like there are rumors that Tina Fey could come in and kind of take over for Lorne. Maybe this is like the end of Lorne's run. It's been 40 years and he might just like ride off into the sun, not into it's, the sunset, into like the, you know, into a rainstorm. It's a, It's been 50 years. <laughs> for Lorne? No, I thought this was the 40. 75. Oh, wow. 2024, 49 years. So does that excite you at all? I love, T- I think Tina Fey's great. And right. I would love her to come in and be like, no more of this bullshit. Let's like, I'm going to, I'm going to say some things about Tina Fey. First okay. of all, no, no. First of all, I always have to, people know that much like Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Tina Fey for a time was like a top 10 woman for me. Like not just comedian, like because woman the, on earth, the comic talent. Yeah. Great legs. Yeah. And like, Oh, you mean like her? No. Like if I, if I like Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I think is arguably like you could make an argument for her being the best woman on earth. <laughs> Peak Elaine or just She's, like right now. And, he, and look at Look at how good she looks oh, at she like looks 60 yeah. fucking two or something. Yeah. yeah. She's hot. Yeah. She's sickly talented. Yeah. Funny. Follows me on Twitter. That's cool. And a billionaire. Right. Oh my God. Right. Right. Fuck the Royals. Like that's my pr- like princess Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, yeah. I like, can I like, can we, like, that's, that's, yeah. that's my Diana Queen Elizabeth, yeah. like that in terms of just the total. And Tina Fey is like just a little, like, because she's, but what, but here's my, here's my dilemma. I have loved so much that Tina Fey has done after SNL. Same. Where I wasn't a huge fan of her tenure as lead. Now, in, it's George W. Bush well, versus that's what Trump I was gonna say. <laughs> in hindsight. Now I see what we have. I'm like, oh my God, can yeah. we just get Toby Keith and George W. Yes. Bush back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead yeah. of Ted Nugent and Trump writing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, yes, Tina Fey, absolutely. Although it makes you think, I wouldn't want Tina Fey to be skipped over of an opportunity that she would be good for, but you start to go, but now Tina Fey is in her 50s. This isn't an ageist thing like she can't do it. I'm going... Is there a Bo Burnham type who would be like in their prime? And without sounding, I'm not trying to sound sexist, obviously. It's not that Tina Fey couldn't do it and couldn't do better than what they're doing now, of course. But it makes me wonder, like, is this like politics where it's like, well, instead of the 80-year-old guy, we got the 60-year-old guy. Or can we get the 40-year-old? Like, not that, and it doesn't really matter as much. Let's let's be honest, J.L., what? I know that you like Bo Burnham and I, I think I have a high opinion of him not really like 
caring much about his work, but I, I like him too. What evidence do we have that he could run SNL or or any kind of sketch show? Has he done sketch? Well, no, no. That's why I said head. Run- Obviously, you need like a showrunner. I yeah. think. I, but that's but that's my point is. What we're doing is not working. Whatever formula we've lazily fallen on, it has devolved from decades of greatness into whatever this is. But it's a different formula now. Of course. But his, if you watch Inside, his his Netflix thing, watch Inside. I don't think you'd have doubts. It is different, but I don't think you would doubt. It's somebody who can write and produce and is a comic genius. I'm willing to sort of do the thing where it's like, Hey, you know what? We're going to go a little outside our normal zone because I have faith yeah. that this person can actually bring fresh genius to the to the format, to the show, new life, even if it is a different perspective or angle. Because what they're doing now is just this like increasingly lazy same thing but worse. It's like every year it's kind of it's it's the same and it's worse. And it's a little bit worse. And it's a little bit worse. Yeah. And I think this is one of the first casts where I'm like, there's still talent in the cast, of course. But a few years ago, I would I would actually write, I think the cast is being done a disservice by the writing. Yeah. Now I'm like, mm, not as much. <laughs> Same level. <laughs> it's 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 less, it's less of a design. It's less yeah. of like a, oh my God, they're they're ruining this person's career. Keenan Thompson. Oh, now we got name names. Yeah. Keenan Thompson. What Smiling you- during the sketches. <laughs> You've been doing this 20 years. He's still on the show? Yeah. Wow. Can what a you, run. When, when will you not almost break? <laughs> when will you not just smile during every live sketch, regardless of what the character calls for? I don't think that's right. Really? At what point does SNL become like the like the the house where we need to like put term limits on this and get somebody the fuck out of there? Twenty sleepy, years of uh, Sleepy Keenan. <laughs> we call him Sleepy Keenan. <laughs> you just get in and you just don't leave. It's and I thought that maybe he was staying around because he might take over for Lauren. That would be bad. Yes, that would be very bad. You know, Tina. Fe- I mean, but it's like Tina Fey should already have it. It should already be hers if they're going to do that move. Like, what are we waiting for? It's not a fucking Supreme Court. Lauren Michaels, thank you. You're an iconic presence in TV, right. what you've done, what you've brought. I mean, don't you, do you want it to die or do you want it to preserve and improve and, and become better or newer or something? It's never going to die though, JL. That's the thing. As long as that brand exists and they, you give they me a hundred million dollars and Bo Burnham under contract, I'll kill that mother. I, I'm like Quint in Jaws. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I, I'm like Quint in Jaws, except it's SNL hunting. You get me. You get me close to that show. I'll kill it. Um, we're gonna need a bigger budget. <laughs> but now, but I look through this cast and I'm just like, I like Heidi Gardner a lot. You may not know, but like I don't know anybody. I like she does I know, so many characters that they've relegated to the desk. Yeah, and I'm going, what are we doing? Like somehow we have forgotten. You 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 said to me a few weeks ago, like, but some of this character stuff might be viewed as corny to kids. How about we try? How about we? No no no, because it, I don't think the kids are watching. Yeah. So 
this idea of like, well, it worked from 1975 to 2013. Right. But these kids now, they, they hate, they hate new ideas and new characters and new, new, new talent. Yeah. What they like is every week we start with a game show sketch. Right. And then we do a digital. Then we do a sketch that fails. Right. Then we do one more sketch that's mediocre. And then we have a musical guest. And then we have the one thing that resembles comedy consistently. Weekend update. Weekend update. Right. Right. And, and once again, you would say, hey, the kids only weekend updates the same thing and it works still. Like it still works. Weekend Does it update, still work? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Weekend update is funny. Period. It's, it's, it is topical, funny jokes every week. Jost and Che do a good job with it. And then, but they like bolster it with characters like Cecily Strong did so, and, and Heidi Gardner have done so many characters as desk pieces that could be real sketches. Yeah. And I don't know if it's laziness or if it's formula or what the deal is with that. And then once in a while, like once every, I'd say four times, there's that after weekend update weird sketch mm-hmm. that kind of works. But more and more often, they don't. Yeah. But, you know, there is, if you ever look up the puppet sketch with Bill Hader, it's- I'll check it out. It is a classic. It I, is, it is Hader a had classic. some funny stuff. Man. It was the Seth- Vinny, Mc- Vinny Verducci, I loved. I always thought it was really funny. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, Stefan. Stefan was great. I hate John Mul- Mulaney, frankly. Um, but they had a special thing. Yes. It was really good. No. And you, like, that's the thing. Who's the Mulaney on the staff right now? The writing staff? Yeah. I don't know. Who's the only the writer that I know is Alex English. And I, because I know him, I right. started with him. You know, he was like, a, he had to, we did our first bringer show together. Right. And I like Alex, but I have no idea what he's written on that show. I have no clue. You know? It's, I just, and so I run down the cast and like, obviously there is some, like, all I would say is to anybody who thinks I'm hating and likes the show. Like I had, a, I had somebody say to me the other day, I love, I love Bo and Yang. And then three weeks later, the same person said, my God, the show has been so bad for a long time. <laughs> and I go, but you love Bo and Yang. Who's kind of become the unofficial centerpiece of the show. Yeah. Um, Bo and Yang, I think has been nominated for two Emmys. For like best supporting or actor in a sketch. I mm. think, is that how many Emmys Bill Hader was nominated for? I have no fucking, I mean, I'm, I'm, now I'm we're half, in territory. No, like, no, I'm, I'm kind of half rhetorically asking it yeah. because if you told me that Bill Hader and Bowen Yang, like in a year, Bowen Yang could potentially have like more Emmy nominations than Bill Hader did in his entire run. What's happening? What is that? Hey, man. No, it's insane. I don't disagree, but I'm just, you know, times change. This is, the brand has outperformed Does anybody, the, my question, the actual show. My big question, and obviously I need to remind people, obviously if you want to engage in the topic or anything, YouTube, go to the YouTube yeah. episode, comment there. That's where we can have, facilitate a kind of Q&A back and forth. Yeah, if you want to fight with us. Yeah, fight or just, <laughs> you know, you ha- know something or you think something, like yeah. share it there because you can't just do a review every week where you share comments. Right. It's like that's boosting the YouTube. Even if you're a listener, going to YouTube and dropping comments there is a way to A, facilitate discussion and B, boost the show. Yeah. But what I think it's like, is SNL responding to their insular culture? or to fans of SNL. That would be like, in other words, 
are you doing what you think is like good comedy for whatever you think your audience is? Because I don't know anybody who thinks it's strong. Well, do you remember? I think that this is like a great way to gauge the level of, I don't even want to talk about the talent specifically, but the output of what's being made. Do you remember that in probably the early 2000s, they would have best ofs? Yes. A specific person. So it'd be like best. We I had, had like best four of, of Chris Farley. Right. And it was like, you know, it was the, um, Van by the river sketch. Yep. It was, it was, uh, you know, uh, Chippendales. It was like all his best shit. Yes. Um, you know, if you had to start picking some of these people off the cast, and those best sketches would be not to use an overused word, iconic. Right. Like in other words, no, they were, of course, Matt Foley, of right. course, Will Ferrell, the cheerleader, yeah. Robert Goulet, George right. W. Bush, right, of right. course. Right. Get off the shed. That guy. That Remember that Ferrell? sketch? That, that was Will Ferrell and uh, I, and um, I don't. So not I. Sherry O'Terry. They did like a hundred of those. Oh, oh, oh. get off the shed! <laughs> they're like at a barbecue and they're just yelling at the, it. when Will Ferrell was still funny. But like, uh, but yeah, you'd have all these guys and women that would. That, there's best of Sherry O'Terry, best of Molly Shannon, uh, best of uh, Ellen Clegghorn. Probably not, but like, you know what I mean? They're Racist. No, just she had a big head and wasn't really that funny. Um, but the question is now, like, when you take some of this talent, the people that really, like, break out. I mean, we've talked about it with Pete Davidson before. Like, what's the best of Pete Davidson? I, You know, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I can't really think of it's any 60 of 60 minutes of. Okay. Right. But But my question is, and I think you sometimes lean on, like, you almost make an excuse for them. Like, there is this mythical demographic that they're fulfilling and that I don't get. I don't think they're serving anybody. I think what SNL is now, this is my like opinion of It's a of, Yule log. It's an expensive Yule log that people turn on at 11:35. It's a, it's an 11:35 slam dunk for NBC, which is why it's never going away. Whatever it's up against it will always uh outpace. And this is something that I learned in radio jail. Uh <clears throat> ratings don't really matter. Ratings are not, it's like what people will look at and, you know, Trump will, oh, he gets great ratings or he gets bad ratings or whatever. It don't matter. The thing that matters is billing. Uh, and this is something that is I, what? I'm sorry. Billing. Billing in radio means if, if, if you can make money, if you could turn the radio station on and sell, like, it doesn't matter if your ratings are bad as long as the, the money's coming in. Okay. SNL serves that purpose. It will always beat whatever it's up against at 1130 on a Saturday night. That's why it'll never get canceled. Because what else are they going to put there? Like gospel hour or whatever the fuck they, they put at at. Oh, I see. So even if I put even if I'm on ABC with the Bo Burnham show and it's slaughtering. But do you think at this point right now, even if a Bo Burnham show at 1130 on ABC is good, that it matters that it's up against SNL? The way that streaming works now, the way people watch TV. The viewing habits aren't different. You're not going to, you might have a competitor in the zeitgeist the way that Tim Robinson, that's his last name, yeah. has his show. Married to Susan Sarandon, yeah. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> different, different. Tim. I know, I know. <clears throat> but you might, you might have a product that runs against it, but the time slot is not actual competition. Uh, was Mad TV on at the time of SNL? It started at 11. It did. And it went to midnight. So they were, they were cutting off. Those of days are over. Yeah. The idea of like like all these late night guys competing against each other, meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. They're competing for YouTube views. 
which is what SNL is basically doing at this point too. So, but it makes, <clears throat> but that's the, and, and what I, when I see it, I go, so don't you want good, like if you can do a best of, that means you have sketch. Like I would never think nobody has said in years, Oh, check out this sketch from like, I don't see people sharing SNL sketches. I'm sure it gets watched on YouTube because it's such a big platform. But SNL now is there for celebrities to come on. It's always been like this celebrities to come on and promote whatever they're about to do. But actually, it actually wasn't always specifically like that because the early days of SNL, you know, George Carlin's the first host of SNL. And it's just like, let's get this this fucking really awesome, funny guy. And I think they didn't they want him to be the permanent host. I think that's like they I they, thought I heard that about Albert Brooks. Oh, yes. Yeah. I knew it was somebody whose documentary I had just seen. <laughs> yeah, I think it yeah. was Albert Brooks. And he was just like, no, but let me do these little videos or whatever. But the point is now it is SNL has become basically what Hollywood has become, which is just like a big we're famous circle jerk. That's why Bowen will get his Emmy nominations. It doesn't matter whether somebody is good or not is meaningless. And again, we've had this conversation a million times, but it's just about existing. Looks like my parade's getting rained on today. (laughs) I hate to break it to you from like a business perspective here, but like this is the thing. Lauren has created a machine that will run forever, a money printing machine. It'll never get canceled. It doesn't matter if it's good. You'd have to have zero people watching it. Literally, because it it hashtag goals. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it exists because it'll always have cachet to. But it's like I would know. compare it like in the news space to 60 Minutes. <clears throat> 60 Minutes actually still does ratings and does produce good store. Like, do you know what I mean? Like if 60 Minutes were a big bag of shit and no one were watching it now except on YouTube, I'd be like, that show might get canceled for something else. But it's like SNL, there has, it's sad because it's like, it has been this, it's fallen off a cliff and it doesn't matter. As you say, it doesn't, it's so, that's sad. It's SNL. Maybe all my anger, like they say, is really just sadness. I think I'm just sad to see yet it's another changed. example. It's just, it's, but it's, it's change makes it sound like it's like a neutral description. It's change for the worse. Yeah. Like sure. quality cast, everything about it is, is like, and I'm even saying of, I'm always, I, I'll be honest. I've, I've, I've complained about that show on and off throughout. And there is a, nost- I can agree. There's a nostalgia factor, but you'd also see me putting Bill Hader in my Mount Rushmore five years ago. So it wasn't, I was like, it was not like, you know, I'm not one of these no, fucking guys who's like oh, Phil Hartman and Eddie Murphy. Yeah. There's nothing like that. No, Bill Hader, I considered a, a Mount Rushmore for me. So it's, I could still recognize great sketches, great talent, but it's, it's, it used to be like, Hey, 50, 50 chance of a good episode when it was dipping. Now it's like 10, 90. But think about it. Like, I mean, 50 years is a hell of a run first off for anything. Um, but second off, think of, think of all the other shows that are like it in the history of television. It's like, think about Sid Caesar, your show of shows. It's like that writing staff was kind of like a murderer's row. Yeah. It had its run. It's over. You know, those guys all moved on and did different things. And I just think that this is kind of like the way things are really supposed to go. SNL exists to jerk off celebrities. That's what it's there for. It's so it's so celebrities. So Dakota um, Johnson can come in and pretend like she has a sense of humor for a week and then she leaves and then, you know, Jeff Bridges comes in and, uh, you know, it's just that's what it's. 
that's what it serves at this point. I am curious, and I think this is why SNL brought Shane Gillis in. <coughs> I think it's going to be a very highly rated show. Because of controversy around right. it. Right. You know? Um, and I'd be curious. I'd be curious to see how much he throws his weight around in terms of, I think, from what I had read uh, that you could, and obviously, yeah, Shane Gillis, I guess, will be coming on this when this episode, uh, how, how timely. Yeah. Every week, we're here every week, guys. He'll be he'll be the host this Saturday as of this recording. And the host, I think, you know, they usually, what I've heard, they present sketches and then they get to sort of like yeah. have some say in what gets made. And it would be kind of funny if he was just like, I think he's going to want to be gracious um, and everything to a certain extent. But I'd be funny if he was just like, no, 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 none of these. Yeah. Can we do something else? <laughs> none of these. This stinks. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious to see that, but, uh, that's, I mean, there it is. I think that if we can sum up the episode in, in one sentence, I think you, you gave it SNL exists to jerk off celebrities, yeah. but the ones who are really getting jerked off are us. <laughs> and I think that's enough. That's enough bashing of SNL. Yeah. Um, and Do you want to take a break? You have more comedy talk and what they've done. We actually now are going to come back with our designated comedy talk <laughs> section right after this. And we're back with some comedy talk. Mike's favorite part of the show, obviously. We can finally take a break from 50 minutes of SNL talk to talk comedy, which, to Yay. be fair, <laughs> you say, yeah, but to be fair, that's sort of thematically correct. It's like, well, now that we're ta we've talked about horrible dead comedy, we can actually talk about comedy that, that exists. And I can't wait to hear how comedy is alive and well. And uh, not this one, but this one's <laughs> this one. I can't wait to tell you this one. What do you got? Because it involves something you recommend. But first we have, we gave Scott Pelly the week off. He did such a great job last oh, week. Oh, yes. Yeah, we have our punch down of the week. This one's on Instagram. This is not a traditional punch down, but I felt it was worth worth stating. I posted a video uh, from a club gig a few weeks ago um, where uh, it was a really good bit um, about... Uh, What was it about? What was it about, JL? It was a good bit. That's what's important. <laughs> and I said a line and a guy in the audience who'd been talking the whole show throughout the opening acts was like, that's a good line. And I went, I know it is. That's why I said it. Thanks, coach. <laughs> and I said, what? And then I said, uh, for anybody watching at home, the DVD commentary was provided by drunk elderly asshole. <laughs> and then I moved on with the bit, which crushed. And that line got a big laugh. Mm -hmm. So... The punch down of the week was a comment on Instagram to that, to that video. Everybody was laughing at it, liking it. He goes, might pump the brakes on the knee jerk audience slams felt a little cringy. My response was measured. I deleted several expletives before hitting send one dude was talking throughout the show. So there I've cleared up the reason why he should be hammered. Two, the crowd laughed. Probably the most important thing there. So cringy yeah. for you, I guess. And I said, three, incredible to give me comedy advice where you directly contradict all available evidence, yet double down on the reason for me doing an audience slam. Like he's doing what that he's like, I don't know about that. That, that is a real pet peeve of mine. The people who will comment on a video where you're crushing and go, God, this isn't funny. Mm -hmm. No, I get it if you're saying like, this isn't my taste, but I remember it happened in Long Island. Uh, I was in Suffolk County 
real piece of shit. And I'm killing. But these two, you know, ah, we like Trump. This is a Trump crowd. But they were loving me because I'd used my mind powers on them. And while I'm taping my set, in the middle of a joke that is killing with the MAGA crowd, she puts a piece of paper in front of my camera, so fucking up my tape, that says, you suck. <laughs> oh, wow. And I wish I had known. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I had seen it or something and could have confronted her because it was a completely cowardly move. But even beyond that, even beyond the presumption to like ruin my tape because you're a piece of shit, your fellow Trump trash are dying. Like you're literally writing you suck in the middle of me killing. Mm -hmm. And that's, I love, that's, that's, that's like a pet peeve of me all of mine all the time. Like I would not go into an, like a crowd that I don't like if, if I, I would have the awareness, if I saw a comedian killing that I was not a fan of to go, dude, you're terrible. I just look stupid. Even if that's my opinion, I look dumb. Mm -hmm. So that was your punch down of the week. I thought it was a good one. I think you would have thought it was a good one if we weren't doing a marathon session here. Comedy. We're not talking comedy special here, Mike. We're talking a comedy movie. Uh oh. Which I watched on HBO Max. I saw that it went up and I said, oh, yeah, I think Mike told me that he thought this was really funny and outrageous. Oh, was it Dix? Dix the musical. Oh, you didn't like it? <laughs> I love that movie. I thought it's one of the, I, frankly, before you, do you say you, your thing and I'll say what I say? Um, I watched it because I was like, Okay, this will be like some outrageous stuff. Mike, Mike said, he, Mike did not guarantee I'd like it. I think he felt you probably felt it was a big swing. Well, I felt knowing you that it would be difficult to. Uh, I know what I like, and it worked for me. But I, I had a feeling that you would walk into it with like a pen and paper, taking notes. And what I would say, my favorite part, like there were a couple things I laughed at, yeah. but for the most part, it you know what it felt like to me. We want to be the next Matt Stone and Trey Parker. We we want that's like, how you felt. We want to go like big, crazy. Like if they made a live action musical, like that. Like mm -hmm. like we want to. We want some film critic to say like, I think we found our next Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Irreverent, body comedy craziness from these two. Okay. Um, Bowen Yang's in it. Yeah. <laughs> Before mentioned Bowen Yang. Yeah. yeah. Uh, throw, throwing his. His one pitch per usual. And um, I like, not that I liked her performance. I do like Megan the Stallion. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, I was just like, this is a, an aggressive, we're going for it. We're like, this is zany and crazy. And yeah, but I like that. Yeah. That's I, why that worked for me. I honestly, JL, sorry to tell you, I think it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I really felt that way. I'm sorry you're telling me that I, as well. When I left the theater, I, I was like crying laughing. <laughs> I, I thought it was so funny. Did I you thought it was see so it funny. by yourself or with someone? I was with my girlfriend at the time. I I had a blast in that movie. And I, I thought it was unbelievable. Did she have funny. a blast? Yeah. Okay. I think we both we both enjoyed it a lot. And I mean, like, I don't know. To me, I like I I'm I my my guy is Mel Brooks. And this is like it. It, this to me was like a gay -er version of like something that you could see in a Mel Brooks type movie. You know? Yeah, but this, unlike a Blazing Saddles or a Producers, this was more of a hard R rated Robin Hood men in tights. Okay, fine. But 
how many things are Blazing Saddles? You know, and to be honest, I actually just watched Blazing Saddles again the other night. As much it is one of my favorite movies, and I love it so much. It has a hor- horrible ending. It's one of the worst endings a mat like you can have in a movie. It's so bad, <laughs> but up to the ba- that point, it's great. Right. You know, anyway. I I I just I was very disappointed because <sighs> did you, were you under the influence of anything when you nope. saw it? Okay, but I was in the theater. I don't know. Maybe that matters. I'm I'm when I'm I was optimistic for it. Like so I didn't go in going let's see what Mike really likes. Yeah. I was like maybe it's really funny. We've talked about things like Hamlet 2. Yeah, yeah. which is an offbeat uh thing. So but I just I found it was it felt like everybody involved in the movie was just like perfect. 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 And then I went yeah, and I, I was like, right. no, it's terrible. And the one thing I didn't mind as a one joke, though, as like one joke, instead it was a running gag, which I, the sewer boys. Yeah, I thought they're, they're great. <laughs> no, that made me laugh like the reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That made me. And then I was like, OK, moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead, this was kind of a show where they were like, we have four good jokes and we're going to hammer them. And I was like, no, it's it's you. You got me to smile or laugh once. And that and now I need new. I need a new joke. I need a new bit. I need something new um, and good talent. I mean, Megan Mullally and, and Nathan Lane are yeah. are, are great. Um, but I. Yeah, it was just it was it's on HBO Max. You decide. Hey, break Split the, the tie. Break, yeah, the, break tie. the tie. Let it let me know what you think it's 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 irreverent it's vulgar it it's is over the top it's very blue it's cr- it's extremely crass uh but for whatever usually i well, i don't want to say usually i don't like things like that because but it just hit every beat for me i just enjoyed it i had fun I, like the the one thing that i can say it's like a very gay movie but it at the same time it it is not like there's no messaging it's a movie that, to me, it was just like two gay guys that were like, "Let's just do the fucking craziest shit." Well, we I can. felt it was anti-faith, and <laughs> it might have been a bit anti-faith, but I'm not a man of faith, so it doesn't bother me. But you know, I liked the fact that I, I the vibe that I got from the movie, where like when I was watching it, and then when I left, I was just like, "That was just meant to be like a fun, funny, good time." And I just feel like there's not as much of that anymore. Well, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, I think, about comedies, either off mic or on mic, where it was like comedy. I think it was on mic about yeah. comedies having an agenda or being on the right side. Yeah. Um, this was just like, let's be as filthy as we can and and be as ridiculous as possible and just make people laugh. And I love that. You know, well, I respect that, they that got, point of view. They got two out of a, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> Um, and I just, I can never not watch Megan the stallion in like heels, just yeah. bending and dancing. And I'm like, my knees hurt watching you, ma'am. Yeah. Yes. Like so, so strong, so fit. So, yeah. So sick. Yeah. She's a nice one. Uh, that was it though. If you like, if you want to see like some, if you want to see a more clothed Megan the stallion than in her music videos, yes. I guess this is your movie. Yeah. Um, but it was, I mean, I would be curious for people to watch it almost like homework. Yeah. It's like 80 minutes. It's like 85 minutes. It's, it's a quick watch. Yeah. It felt longer though. And it's great. It flew by. I'd be really curious to see like people, you know, if you have HBO max or max as it's now called, because yeah. they are so good at marketing. Um, 
I'd be curious for people's comments, like, like on this, like, I get that it was an effort. I'm not denying that there was like an effort and a, a mission with this movie. Like, so I can respect that, but I want to laugh. And I felt like I, I, I barely laughed. No. Um, it was then more, there is no pleasing you, Jay. I think it was impressed with its bodiness and it's like, we're going so of this is fu-. kind like, you know, who could have been in that movie? You know, who would have been a good addition to that movie? Or if they do dicks, the musical too, Me? Eric Andre. Me? Eric Andre. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't mean that as an insult to Eric Andre, but yeah. it felt like that same energy that would make me laugh when I'd be on a show with Eric Andre, but yeah. that I don't just kind of automatically ball over laughing when I'm just kind of watching it on my TV. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Like crazy. And I'm saying he would do stuff in a show where I'd be like, if I read that joke, I'd be like, this isn't that funny. But yeah. like him in a bar show 10 years ago, 15 years ago, like with me and some of my friends and he's just going, the fucking Baconator, <laughs> it's going to murder your kids. <laughs> and I would laugh because it was like the intensity was so fun and funny. He had this whole bit on the Baconator he's really funny, man. where he's like, the Baconator, hurt the kids. Get out. It's the fucking Baconator. Come here, bit. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not even quoting it, yeah. but you're getting, you're yeah, getting yeah. what I'm I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I love him. I think he's great. But so would you agree that if you threw him into Dick's the musical as a character, it would it would it would be I think he the right up, energy. I think he eats up no, because oh. I think that those guys are the focal point. I think if you have too much of that, it like sucks the air out of the room. Oh, so I it, think he's great. He was great in um Righteous Gemstones. Right. He was perfect. So it had just the right amount of crazy Dick's the musical, not too much, you're saying? I think because I think that like I think Megan Mullally was like a little over the top that yeah. not my favorite Megan Mullally performance. But like I think Nathan Lane's got the perfect energy where he's just kind of like uh, he's such a like a pro yeah. that it's not he manages to be subtle somehow in that movie right. around these other guys right. that are just like outrageous. Yes. So you can't have it can't be like 10 outrageous. 10 out of 10. You know? Okay, gotcha. You know what I mean? I, In my opinion, I just think it's like there needs to be like some sort of balance. Otherwise, it really gets off the rails. And you're just like, what the fuck is this? And it might have gotten off the rails for you. That and that's quickly. what I want people but to weigh me, in on. I was, I was in. I'd know? be curious for people to watch. And obviously, please leave your 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 age and your 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 social security number age sexuality and political leanings when you give your review because yeah, i think we can ask for that yeah cuz i don't want if if you are 80 republican church going we already know you're going to hate this and yes. i don't disagree with you but right. i want as objective a kind of pool to yeah. review it but I'd be curious what people think. I thought it was a an unholy mess. <laughs> and I think that's what you loved about it. Oh, no, stop. We are watching this fucking piece of shit. Because Mike told us to. Oh, oh, Anyway, guys, that was some Sam Smith for you. Uh, thank you for watching or listening. Leave us a nice review. Throw in some comments on YouTube. And I will see you next Thursday.